0: Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and personal financial specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey, gang, welcome into another edition of Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. I'm going to ask you not to click off the video or the podcast when I say the word insurance.
1: (laughs) That's right. Life insurance. Everyone's
0: favorite topic. Oh, man, it's so boring. (laughs) Uh, but we got actually some good stuff I want to talk about mm-hmm. this week because it's Phil. It's it's a really powerful tool and it's changed it so much. Absolutely is.
1: Yeah. yeah, and you're right. I mean, it's it's not the the life insurance of old, so to speak. It so is it's not, not your not your daddy's life insurance. That's right. So, so
0: I've got a couple of places a little bit different from the norm. I'll do a couple of norms mm-hmm. as well, but that I wanted yep. you to highlight where it could be useful that people might not think of it. Yep. As a tool for that. So these are some reasons that you should consider getting life insurance. So let's jump mm-hmm. in. Uh, income replacement, Phil, that's the main thing we think of when we're right. 40 and we think I've got to have insurance in case I die in an accident so that the kids are taken care of in the house yep. and- all that stuff, but as a retiree, and that's our demographic here for the podcast, mm-hmm. you could still do income replacement, maybe for a pension lost or Social Security.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean that—that that is probably one of the biggest misconceptions of life insurance when you get into retirement. Is oh, I'm retired. I've already saved what I need to. Right. You know, so why do I need life insurance anymore? I'm not working. There is no income replacement. Right. And, and you're right. I mean, from a job, you're correct. That's that. There's not that need for income replacement because you're retired. Right. But there's a lot of things that happen to a surviving spouse. Loss of income from a pension depends on the pension election you made. So if you didn't take a hundred percent survivor option, right, you know, and there's a pension involved, there that spouse is gonna lose all of it if you took the single life, you know, up to maybe you know, 35 Fifty um, percent of it kind of depends on whatever the option is you elected. Yep. There's so there's going to be a loss there, and there's a
0: lot of pensions still here in the Motor City
1: area. In, so in our yeah, in our area, the pensions are are still pretty prevalent. You know, yeah. so you've got to be careful and understand what is that pension election that was made. Yep. The other one is Social Security, and that's a, a very significant um, part of the overall equation because in a surviving spouse scenario, there is survivor benefits, but all that simply means is out of that married couple, the highest benefit survives.
0: Yeah. You don't get both, which we all know. You 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 don't get
1: both. Right. So, but also what that means then is then that married couple of lowest benefits gone. So there's always a loss of income. I mean, let's say, let's
0: say one's doing three grand a month. The other's getting two, Um, you keep the three, you lose, I mean, $2,000 a month is substantial to your way of life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, if, if you're both at similar earnings or have been, I mean, it could be a 50% cut in income, yeah. you know? So if there's not spousal or some other scenarios built into your plan. Yep. So, so just again, don't, don't make the assumption, you know, like a lot of different uh, assumptions that, that are made in retirement. Oh, I don't yeah. need that because I'm yeah. retired. Run the math, look at it and see. And, right. and the other one, you know, again, putting on that tax hat is a surviving spouse is now single. You know, so before you were married filing joint, what that means is all the tax brackets get compressed. So you get pushed into a much higher bracket quicker, which we see it all the time when we're running the math and I mean, actually experiencing it, unfortunately, where we have had clients that early in retirement lose a spouse and they get pushed into a significantly higher bracket if you've not done some planning ahead of time to help position assets the right way. So you have to, it's what we call a stress test on the plan. We're always stress testing at the end to say, okay, if you live full life expectancies, it works great. But what happens if Mr. or Mrs. client, you pass away today? Yeah, exactly. Where does that, where does that leave your spouse? What does that look like? Let's run the math and see.
0: Let's go to a state liquidity, Phil, for the second one, Um, using it to maybe, maybe there's a big estate, maybe there's a tax load. Yeah. Number, a
1: little bit more common use, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, it was more common before the uh, the estate thresholds were so high. Um, they and, you could know, be coming so back
0: down or, or did? And, and
1: I mean, if they, no, they haven't yet, but so they yeah. could be coming back down. I would not be surprised. They've, they've talked about it. It's been kind of on the roadmap. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that used to be a very significant problem if, you know, your primary investment was real estate. So if you were re- right. in rental properties and you had all these rental properties and now you've passed away. And there was an estate tax due, and the IRS doesn't wait for their money. They want their money on time. Right. Otherwise, you're paying a penalty and interest. I'm not
0: sorry that you passed away, and they want to give you a bereavement period. Right, right. Like, and, and
1: they don't accept houses as payment, so they want cash. <laughs> so, that could you know, it, huh? it, yeah, it could change. It could change. They might be taking a crypto sometime, but, you know, that's a whole yeah. other discussion. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll,
0: yeah. we'll save that for another day. But anyway, so... But yeah, so anyways, I, I, it was...
1: Yeah, it was a, a means of creating liquidity that yeah. you wouldn't have to all of a sudden sell a bunch of the real estate at a bargain sale just to try to generate cash to pay in the state.
0: taxes, yeah. yeah. I'm going to skip three and jump to four because it's kind of in that sure. same vein with the family. I want to stay there. Mm-hmm. Uh, transferring family wealth. We've talked many times about the yep. removal of the stretch IRA, different little things that are happening to kind of make generational wealth a little bit more challenging. Mm-hmm life insurance is clearly one way that you could do that and still kind of build that family wealth of, if, if you wanted to.
1: Absolutely. I mean, and if that is one of your goals is leaving X amount to the kids or grandkids, even um, life insurance is a great tool for that it's because
0: pretty, pretty tops tool for that. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, cause you get number one, you get leverage, right? So you're putting in a small premium compared to what the death benefit is. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's significant leverage, especially if something happens early, right. you know, but even if it doesn't, if, it, if it's later on in the plan, you still have usually pretty significant leverage. And number two, it's all tax-free. So a death benefit is not taxable. So yeah, if, if that is one of your goals of, you know, I specifically want to leave X amount to the kids or grandkids mm-hmm. or whoever it is, um, don't brush over life insurance. I mean, it can yeah. be a very, very useful tool because if you if you want to leave $100,000, I mean, it's very easy now to price that into your plan to say, okay what it's going to cost me to do that is X amount a year in my plan done. Mm. You don't have to worry about why well, you need to put this account on the side. And that's kind of where I'm saving it for. You know, it's, you, you just build it into a budget from a premium standpoint and you get a very defined benefit at a very defined cost. So. Yeah.
0: I mean, and tax, leaving it tax efficient to your heirs, I mean, it's just a mm-hmm. win-win. So, and, and right. I like that you yep. said, don't brush past it because one of the things with insurance, much like annuities and we've covered that before on people sometimes will walk into a financial professional's yep. office and say, don't talk to me about X, yeah. Y, I Y, Z. I don't
1: like this. I don't before like you that. Ever said, yeah.
0: <laughs> and that's the worst attitude because, yep. you know, you may not need this. Insurance may not be for you, but why take the hammer out of the toolbox before you ever start the job? Because right. if you're like, you're like me, end up having to hammer something and you got to use the back end of a crescent wrench to try to hammer something. And that's the
1: worst. It, it, it might work, but it's not going it it, yeah. <laughs> to right?
0: so get the right tool for the job. So I'm glad you said that because you just don't want to eliminate something off the top. Right. Um, I like this next one too, Phil. This one's one maybe people don't think about. Mm-hmm. Business succession. Using oh, life insurance for that. So you and I are business part we're not. But yep. let's just say you and I are business partners. Mm-hmm. You pass away and uh, you know, your wife wants to be bought out. She doesn't want to continue on. I might need to have insurance or use the insurance that we may have had in order to do that, right? Correct.
1: Yeah. So succession planning in a business, it's it's vital. Yeah. Because number one, you as a, you know, the surviving business owner probably don't have the cash to buy that spouse out, right. you know, so you might now be forced to be in business with the, the spouse or the kids. And that's probably not a scenario or a relationship you want, you know, so having not only the life insurance, but first of all, the plan in place. So having a succession plan and a, a buy-sell agreement in place that says this is what's going to happen, this is how much the price is. And now it's it's structured and funded through life insurance. Now it can be actually completed. So
0: yep. yep. Great tool. Again.
1: Yeah, for, for, for business, business owners, owners it, it yeah. is it is critical. You know, I and would not be ton. be in business. Yeah, I wouldn't be in business with somebody um without That a buy sell agreement that's funded through life insurance because you never know. I mean, life happens. Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah, I've said many times I don't know who this Murphy guy is and him and his laws, but we should find him and give him a what for. Yeah. Uh, But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great tool. There's so many independent small business owners in the country, obviously, that's a huge backbone. So certainly something worth talking about that with your financial professional. Um, All right, let's go to. I'd be remiss, Phil, if I didn't bring it up because there's so Mm -hmm. many ads and promotions and whatever, where you hear people saying, get a tax-free retirement, like, especially if you're an insurance-only salesman uh, or insurance-only financial professional, Mm -hmm. uh, then that's the only tool you have to work with. And so there's a lot of conversation about, you can use it to get a tax-free retirement. What's the skinny on that?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that is one of the, I don't want to say the byproducts of of life insurance, but just how they work. And, And it's not term insurance. So what we're talking about here is something that builds cash value. Okay you know, so a whole life policy could be a variable index, universal life, a lot of different versions of it, mm-hmm. but it's something that has a cash value. And the reason this works is that under the IRS code, the growth of that cash value inside the life insurance policy grows tax deferred. Um, it can come out tax-free in certain instances. Um, okay, you can starting. first of all, take, yeah, you've got to be very careful on how you structure that. So if you're taking your premium back as a distribution, and that's the first money out, that's always tax-free. But if you take beyond that and get into the growth, then that could be taxable. Right, makes sense. How how typically it's structured to make it tax-free is, and this is kind of convoluted and and you know don't don't uh, tune out when we so we'll go too this, far but, in the weeds. But yeah, yeah, they. Bottom line is you're basically borrowing from the life insurance company, typically at a fixed rate. Okay. And then that life insurance company is using the death benefit as collateral or the, the value, the cash value, and ultimately the death benefit as collateral because they know statistically you're going to pass away at some point. So if you think this through, when you borrow, that borrowing is tax-free. If you take money from a mortgage okay. and yeah. you know put it in the yeah. bank to, to buy a car or whatever, that's tax-free, that, that money that came out in a loan. So the borrowing is tax-free. And then ultimately, when you pass away, the life insurance, the death benefit now pays back that loan. Mm-hmm. So that's a tax-free act as well. So that's how we get tax-free income out of life insurance. I mean, it works. It's something to, to again, don't brush over. Yeah. Um, but be very careful because there's um, a lot of, to your well, point in the beginning, point. yes, there, there's a lot of uh, selling So to speak, around this, that it can be a great tool um, for diversification is the way I look at it. We have a lot of clients that will for
0: uh, high income earners too, right? If you're if you're priced out of it, like a Roth.
1: Yep. Yeah. So it's another way of generating tax free income. So that's what I was saying with diversification of types of income in tax free types of income. There's not many options. A Roth is the the primary one. Well, this is another way of getting some diversification is having maybe a, a cash value life insurance policy that's going to be able to generate that kind of income in the future. The whole key with these is you have to overfund them, meaning you've got to put in the maximum amount of premium that the IRS says you can, or typically they're just not going to work. So so you've got to really understand the tool, how it works and, and, you know, don't be afraid to to commit to it provided it fits in your plan and, and actually commit to it. Where I see these fail all the time is, you know, all of a sudden somebody will start and, then they realize I got to put how much away for how many years, I'm not going to do that anymore. And then it yeah. just, it falls apart, so.
0: Okay, so yeah, so definitely don't take it lightly. Make no. sure that you're having, you know, the conversation with your your advisor on, whether it's any of these things, right? Any of the stuff that right. you cover, they all have some, some great uses, but it's just a matter of making sure that you've drawn it up the right way. And we'll yep. finish it off, I guess, Phil, with a pretty easy one, as far as we're thinking about anyway, um, mm-hmm. insurance. And that's just using it for long-term care coverage obviously that's probably the main thing a lot of people are thinking about now, but it's gotten yep. so pricey. Uh, what do we do here? A lot of times we think about like, um, well, you mentioned like the death benefit, you know, do mm-hmm. you hear things like the accelerated death benefit. Do you hear things like if you have insurance and you can't perform so many daily activities, there's all these different like caveats and stuff.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. A there, there's a, there's a lot of ways life insurance can be used in, in um, helping with the long-term care Avenue. I mean, one of them is just, to replenish maybe assets that were spent to, to provide long-term care. So if, you know, because of long-term care, you spent down a lot of your assets and now your, your surviving spouse still needs income Well, life insurance pays. And now there's an extra asset now that can help provide the rest of the income, yeah. you know, or to your point, I mean, there, there are actual policies that are designed as a long-term care vehicle. It's life insurance, but it's got a long-term care benefit, right? Or could be what they call chronic illness, which isn't technically long-term care. It's just an acceleration of that death benefit. But again, it's, it's and this is really where it gets into more. It's not the the life insurance of old. I mean, this is a, let's say, relatively new feature. Mm -hmm. Um, And if we're insuring for long-term care, typically this is the avenue we're going to approach because it takes away one of the biggest fears or risks in covering long-term care, which is, well, what happens if I never need it? Right. So if you right. paid into this long-term care life insurance po- or long-term care policy for years and never need it, well, you lost all that money. Gotcha. If it's structured in a life insurance type of vehicle, well, now well, at least there's a death benefit. You know, so somebody's going to get some benefit back. Sometimes it can be structured in such a way that it's about the amount of premium that you paid in. So Okay.
0: And and Phil, you know, talking about insurance here, we'll wrap it up with this. Mm-hmm. In what you do, you're a CPA, you're a personal financial specialist, you 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 oh. you've got the gamut. It's not something that you need we were talking about salesy earlier, being right. pushing on whatever the case is. Timboy we tend to think of um uh Ned Ryerson was the character in Groundhog Day. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the, the guy comes up and he's bugging Bill Murray every day. Yep. He every day to buy life
1: insurance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: And we we tend to think of that kind of character, you know, with his big trench coat on and he's constantly pushing. But it's a tool that you have that you can use, you know, if you need, if you see the need to fill it with that particular product, but it's not something that, again, it's, it's all about the person you're working with and do they have all the tools available to help you with what you need versus just saying, this is, this is the thing for you and to trying to hit you over the head with it.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if life insurance is the lead, right, if that's the thing they're always approaching you with, be careful because the, you know, why are, why is it there? Is it, does it really fit into your plan? Right. you know, versus like how we'll, we'll use it. We're running a plan, not talking products at all. First, let's just run the math and make sure everything works. Let's stress test it. Now we know, is there a need for it? Yeah. Number one, if there's a need, well, then let's get a product that works. And a win-win, uh, and we see this very often, is where there's a scenario that there's actually a need for life insurance. And if we now fill that need by using cash value life insurance, we can build an asset that becomes tax-free later on, so that we cover both sides of the equation. So if there's yeah. the spouse passes away early, well, we've actually covered that need. Because yeah. that, if we're building life insurance for the tax-free income side of it, well, then the death benefit is just a byproduct. It's the byproduct of it being life insurance. But if you yeah. needed okay. the life insurance, yeah, yeah. that's a win-win because now yeah. we're we're using this byproduct of a tax-free income to actually cover a death benefit need that you had. so
0: Well, and that's why I say we're all puzzles. When we come in and we're, you know, sitting down as a potential client with someone like yourself, you're kind of going through and you're building the the, the puzzle, the math problem. You're saying, okay, yep. I've got most of this figured out, but I've got a couple of gaps here. And this yep. is, these are some of the options we have to fill those gaps. So it, yep. it's just, you know, it's just another tool. And so we won't go any longer on that. That way, since it's life insurance, people are like, okay, I'm not going to spend that They're much They're already starting to tune out. That's years. right. <laughs> so there's a lot of options, but, the, you know, think about the main bullet points at least folks right. as as some ideas that you might need within your you know particular life as why it could be a, a good fit for you and then yep. definitely talk with a qualified professional before you take any action of course and like phil said if they're leading with something anything really and that's the constant right. go back versus building a plan and coming kind of solving the math problems then maybe it's not the right fit for you so stop right. by the website phil's taxhacks.com that's phil's Uh, schedule some time talk with him subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you want you can redirect back to his main website for that scheduling you can call him at 248-888-7530 it's on the screen if you're watching all that good stuff so just always check with a qualified professional phil's been doing this he's a cpa and a personal financial specialist for a long time helping people long time great resource for you to tap into phil thanks for hanging out and talking insurance buddy i appreciate you you too Catch you next time. Right here on the program, this has been Phil's Tax Hacks and other retirement facts. Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss
1: of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.